It's time to get your news on. We are VK1 WIA. Yes, it certainly is the national news from the Wireless Institute of Australia. This edition for week commencing April 16, 2023. And this week, WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK, joins us. Plus, we'll have news of upwards of six special event stations from our home soil. Plus, much, much more in this edition of news from the WIA. I'm Editor Graham, VK4BB. Ham Radio News. Nobody does it better. We are VK1 WIA. This is WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK. Keep an ear out for new special event call signs over the next several months. First off is VK90AR, which is for celebrating 90 years of the Wireless Institute of Australia's official journal, Amateur Radio Magazine, which celebrates its 90th year anniversary in October later this year. An excellent article on the birth of Amateur Radio Magazine can be read in the January 2023 edition of AR Magazine, page 12, written by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. VK100ZL, to celebrate the centenary of the first trans-Tasman radio contact between Australia and New Zealand. On April 26 this year, it will be 100 years since the first amateur radio contact between New Zealand and Australia was made between Frank Bell of Shag Valley Station, Waihimo in Otago, and Charles McClurican, 2CM in Sydney. Several significant events illustrate the close ties WIA and NZART have between our two societies. In 1929, WA supported NZART's application to join the IARU. 1938, WIA sponsored NZART's President Pete Petrie, ZL2OV, to a pre-WAC conference in Sydney. 1968, Tom Clarkson, ZL2AZ and Harry Burton, ZL2APC, attended the Sydney WIA convention as guests of the WIA. 1968, at the subsequent inaugural meeting of the IARU Region 3 Conference organised by WIA, the nomination of Tom Clarkson ZL2AZ as inaugural director was supported by the WIA. In 1969, Michael Owen, VK3KI, attended NZART Conference in Gisborne. The WIA and NZART alternated in attending and contributing to each other's conferences over the next two decades. The collaboration between our two societies in preparing and for negotiating in the various WARC and WRCs is also a testament to the strong relationship. VI2023, HRH, celebrating the coronation of His Royal Highness King Charles III. VI2023, HRH, will be active from the 1st to 31st of May 2023, celebrating the coronation of King Charles III, which will be held on May the 6th. Charles III is King of the United Kingdom and the 14 other Commonwealth realms. He was the longest-serving heir apparent and Prince of Wales, and at the age of 73 became the oldest person to accede to the British throne upon the death of his mother, Elizabeth II, on 8th of September 2022. To book an operational time slot, please use the WIA website online booking portal, nominating your WIA-affiliated club to register, there will be a QRZ page and QSL information published shortly. News in from Delegate Dale Hughes, VK1DSH. The second conference preparatory meeting 
CPM 23-2 for WRC 23 is underway in Geneva, Switzerland. CPM 23-2 is an important step on work towards WRC 23, which will be held in Dubai later this year. The purpose of CPM 23-2 is to refine the text and regulatory proposals that will be the basis of discussion and decisions at WRC 23. There are several WRC 23 agenda items of concern to amateurs and the IARU and various national amateur radio societies have delegates present at CPM 23-2 to express the view of the amateurs at the meeting. Arguably, the main issue for amateurs is agenda item 91B, which concerns our 23cm band. Other WRC 23 issues of interest to amateurs are possible new allocations for other services in bands already occupied by the amateur and other service or bands adjacent to amateur bands. While the final decision about any changes to the radio regulations will be made at WRC 23, attendance at CPM 23-2 is important to because it means that our concerns to cover interference are made known and we can have some input into the documents that will go forward to WR23. So with that said, there's more information can be read at uh, the WIA website. That's all for this week. For now, 7-3 from Lee, VK3GK. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, international news with VK2LAW Jason. Hello. World Amateur Radio Day is Tuesday and stations celebrating on air include from Germany, Delta Alpha 23WARD on air until the 18th of April. Portugal, Charlie Quebec 7, Hotel Sierra 4 Alpha will be QRV until the 25th. Denmark, 5 Papa 0 WARD is also until April 25th. And until the end of April, Belgium, Oscar Tango 23 WARD, Croatia, 9 Alpha 23 WARD, and South Africa, Zulu Sierra 9 WARD. In news from Region 1 from South Africa comes news of a remarkable achievement. South Africans work 200th country on 50 megahertz. Paul Smith, Zulu Sierra 6 November Kilo and Bernie Vanderwalt, Zulu Sierra 4 Tango X-Ray worked Mali, Angola, Guadalupe and Bonaire to push the total to over 200. Considering that the first South African DXCC award for contacting 100 countries on this band was issued only in 1998 and that by 2015 only four South Africans had reached that mark, it was almost unthinkable that over 200 countries would be worked on this VHF band. During March, equinox propagation and high solar activity allowed for these four new DXCC entities to appear in South African 50 MHz logs for the first time. All four contacts were made using WSJT. Don't you just love conspiracy theories? Hackaday are reporting a new mystery Russian shortwave station. 
UVB76 or UZB76 has been a constant companion to anyone with a shortwave radio tuned to 4625kHz. However, seems that there's now a second buzzer operating close to the original frequency. Of course, we ask the question, why? The buzzing isn't quite non-stop. There are occasional voice messages, but maybe the buzzing is just to keep the frequency clear in case it's needed. However, we wonder if it isn't something else. Compressed data would sound like this noise. Other theories are that the buzzing studies the ionosphere or that it's part of a doomsday system that would launch nuclear missiles. Given that the signal has broken down numerous times, this doesn't seem likely. Whatever the case, it's another strange signal to go in the SWL's log. In news from Region 2 for hybrid radio, it's not all about the base, it's all about the metadata. Although there's a major push to ensure AM radio is kept on the dashboard of new generation motor vehicles, at the just-held NAB show, it was the features of hybrid radio enthralling consumers. The hybrid radio system most familiar to US drivers is DTS Auto Stage, which for many is still a new concept but there are other platforms in vehicles. RadioWorld.com are reporting on how the first hybrid radio platform available in the US came from Audi in 2020 and supports enhanced station lists and service following, whereby a station's over-the-air signal is replaced by a streaming audio version of the signal as the vehicle leaves a station's RF coverage area. Stations make use of Radio DNS service information, SI files, to support these features. DTS Auto Stage arrived in 2021 in Mercedes S-Class luxury vehicles and in 2022 in a number of Hyundai, Kia and Genesis models. Some BMW vehicles also have a limited hybrid functionality, also supported by broadcasters with Radio DNS SI files. As a footnote, Ford in the USA have announced they will not be installing AM in any future vehicles, be they electric or gas petroleum models. Dayton Hamvention 2023, scheduled for May 19-21, and preparations are moving forward for the big event. Hamvention, which is Amateur Radio's largest annual convention, is held at the Green County Fairgrounds and Expo Centre in Xenia, Ohio. With nearly 700 volunteers, this year's Hamvention will boast more than 500 indoor exhibits and more than 2,500 outdoor exhibits. The event showcases the latest in amateur radio equipment, technology and computer and software and hardware along with hard-to-find radio and computer accessories and equipment. The ARRL's 2023 Field Day will be held from June 24 to 25. This is the USA's Ham Radio Open House. Every June, hams throughout North America set up temporary TX stations in public places to demonstrate ham radio's science, skill and service to communities and the nation. It combines public service, emergency preparedness, community outreach and technical skills all in a single event. 
Unlike our own field day, which Silent Key and past WIA Secretary Jim Linton set up for a few years, this one has been an annual event since 1933 and remains the most popular event in US ham radio. Last year, just a few dozen less than 5,000 entries were submitted and there was a total of 29,679 reported participants. And in news from Region 3, ITU opens area office in New Delhi. Jim Meachin, editor of the NZART Audio News Service, and like a few of us here, also reports back to Amateur Radio Newsline, joins us. Congratulations to the International Telecommunications Union, which has opened an area office and innovation centre in New Delhi, India. According to a report on the Oscar India channel on YouTube, the ITU's presence in the Asia-Pacific region is intended to help advance technology and improve innovation in India and across South Asia. The ITU is a specialised agency of the United Nations, dealing with information and communications technologies. The ITU Secretary-General, Doreen Bogdan-Martin, KD2JTX, was present at the opening in March. This is Jim Meachin, ZL 2 bhf Thanks, Jim. And until next time from VK1 WIA National News. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We are VK1WIA. Now, operational news with VK4FUQ. Felix. Hello there. Now, contest-wise, 2023. Yoda contest. Youngsters on the air. First round next Saturday, 22nd of April. 0800 hours to 1959 hours UTC. May 6th, Saturday, Harrow Angel Memorial Sprint. It is usually held on the first Saturday in May each year. 10 hours UTC to 11.46 UTC. May 2021, Don Edwards Memorial Slow Morse Contest. 80 metre section, Saturday 20th of May, 6 to 9pm Sydney time. 40 metre section, afternoon of Sunday 21st of May, 1 to 4pm Sydney time. June 24-25 Winter VHF UHF Field Day 0100 hours UTC Saturday 24 to 0059 hours UTC Sunday 25 But in VK6 add 3 hours on to start and end times June weekend prior to the second Monday of June VK Shires QRP Day happens June 17 and the biggie is the IAAUHF World Championship Contest. Takes place the second full weekend of July, beginning 1200 hours UTC Saturday and ending 1200 hours UTC Sunday, July 8 and 9. July 15, Trans-Tasman Low Band Contest, held on the third weekend in July. DX Window. These three Aussie special calls are now on air, are worth listening out for. VI6CRO is the special event call sign for the Carnarvon Eclipse event, April 17 to 23rd. VI10 VKFF running all of 2023 celebrates the 10 year anniversary of the VKFF group. 
VI 100 MB celebrates the centenary of the Manly Warringah Radio Society. With Easter just last weekend, it's worth listening out for Easter Island. CE0YHF is QRV from Isla de Pascoa. For the rest of the month, mostly on 12, 10 and 6 metres, with the QRP power using CW, FT8 and FT4. QSL via C0YHF's instructions. Listen for the special event call sign A60AP, which is on the air until the 31st of August. The suffix stands for the Emirates Astronaut Programme, which prepares crews of UAE astronauts for missions that include the International Space Station. QSL via EA7FTR. VU2CUW is a member of the 42nd Indian Scientific Expedition to Antarctica, based in Maitri Station, AN016, until November. In his spare time, he will be active as Alpha Tango 42 India. Just repeating. Yes, it's a bit of repeated news to wrap up my segment this week. The 146.9 VK2 RKG repeater at Bathurst is back on air at its new location and is intended as a fill-in repeater to cover the holes in the Bathurst Township that VK2 RCW doesn't see due to a big hill in the way. VK2 RKG is on 146.9 MHz with the stock standard negative 600 kHz offset and no turn required for access. It is experimentally linked to VK2 RCW at Goan. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. Wireless weather and getting to the heart of the sun. Scientists have found the source of a mysterious radio signal from the sun that sounds curiously like a heartbeat. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY from Amateur Radio Newsline, takes the pulse of this remarkable research. When a recent C-class solar flare, more than 5,000 kilometres above the sun, sent out a radio signal in a heartbeat-like pattern, scientists began to work to unlock the reason behind it. The international team went in search of the origin of the pattern, known as quasi-periodic pulsation, or QPP. Studying observations captured in 2017 by a radio telescope in California that detects microwave frequencies, the researchers began studying a heartbeat-like pattern that repeated every 10 to 20 seconds. Then they unearthed something unexpected, a secondary signal which was weaker and could be discerned every 30 to 60 seconds. According to their recently published study, they have been able to determine the so-called heartbeats are triggered by disruptions known as magnetic islands, which form in sheets of rapidly moving plasma from the sun. At the heart of the matter is what this research may ultimately reveal. Writing in the journal Nature Communications, one researcher said the answer was the key to a fuller understanding of the scope of the damage that solar storms can do when their energy is released. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with VK3GTV. Cole. 
Hello, first up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. NASA names three hams for Artemis II moon mission crew. NASA and the Canadian Space Agency, CSA, announced the four astronauts who will venture around the moon on Artemis II. Commander Reed Wiseman, KF5LKT. Pilot Victor Glover, KI5BKC. Mission Specialist 1, Christina Hammock-Kosh. Mission Specialist 2, Jeremy Hansen, KF5LKU. The 10-day Artemis II mission is scheduled to launch November 2024. The combination of Cape Canaveral Space Force Station and NASA's Kennedy Space Center hosted 57 launches in 2022, more than any other launch range in the world. For now, the level of launch activity at the Cape is manageable, but warning signs are emerging. One is that the Cape is effectively full and the infrastructure to support those launch sites, such as power, commodities and roads, is ageing. Launch company Virgin Orbit filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy on April 4th, having failed to achieve financial orbit after burning through more than $1 billion. So there will be no more satellite launch plans for Virgin Orbit and amateur radio newslines Neil Rapp WB9VPG is here with more. Virgin Orbit has shut the doors of its satellite launch operations, laying off 675 workers after six years in business. The company said in a filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission that its inability to secure sufficient funds has made it unable to continue operating. Created as a subsidiary of Virgin Galactic, Virgin Orbit's mission was to launch CubeSats into low Earth orbit from beneath a commercial air Airliner that had been modified to accommodate its proprietary satellite launch system. The company did not have a history of great success with the system, known as Launcher One. Virgin Orbit's most recent failure was its attempt to launch a rocket on January 9th from Cornwall in the UK. The company CEO later said that the problem may have been caused by a $100 part that may have become dislodged in the second stage engine. The launch had been a much-anticipated event for Spaceport Cornwall, which has been competing for the UK to enter the global space market by becoming a home to satellite launches. This is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks, Neil. Next up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Lowdown, Longwave 252 in Ireland. The 252 kilohertz signal, which carries the RTE Radio 1 program to listeners across the UK and other parts of Europe that cannot access an FM radio service, ended on Friday the 14th of April. The broadcaster claims the decision to take a core service to the public off-air is based on the need to reduce their electricity bill, citing the climate crisis, public expenditure efficiency and the need to reduce the burden on the national grid. The phasing out and closure of the long wave service was one of the recommendations of the Future of Media Commission report, which was published by the government in July 2022, but not after spending significant amounts of money for an overhaul of the antenna system in 2019. The Algerian broadcasters who recently increased their output power on 252 kHz will no doubt be delighted to finally get rid of the co-channel interference by the already diminished signal from Ireland. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. With the latest Yota news, it's over to Alec, VK2APC. 
Thank you, Cole. Joining us on the Young Parade is Catherine Bella Floyd, who has received her USA ham radio license at the age of 10 years old. She will soon receive a plaque as well for being the youngest person to obtain a license. Because of right now, it appears she is the youngest person to pass the general exam in the state of Tennessee. Bella managed to pass both the technician and general tests in the same day. Bella's grandmother, Laura Floyd, said in the news article in the dailypostathenian.com, A year ago, Bella's father decided to get his license and he invited us. We went to the classes and spoke to Bella about doing this in the future and she was interested, Laura recalled. Well done, Bella, and welcome to the wonderful world of amateur radio. For VK1 WIA National News, I am Alec, VK2 APC in Sydney. Now back over to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. On to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Oxcom is not just a hobby, it's a commitment. Both the person, auxiliary communicator, and the incident command system, ICS, position, are used to provide auxiliary communications. Trained auxiliary communicators are a valuable communications resource tool that can be used by local, county, regional, tribal or state agencies slash organisations within the USA. Auxiliary Communications, OXCOM, is an all-inclusive term used to describe the many organisations that provide various types of communications support to emergency management, public safety and other government agencies or describes the services themselves. This includes, but it's not limited to, amateur radio, military radio, CB, etc. There's a weekly OGSCOM USA net every Thursday at 2000 hours central time. Monthly net reports are sent to both cyber security and infrastructure security agencies and the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And that's it for me for this week. Till next week, take care. I'm Col, VK3GTV. I'm Matthew, VK2YAP. This is VK4, Golf Romeo Bravo, Gary at Fairyland. This is Linda, VK7QP. Peter, VK8ZZ. This is Mark, VK4DMH. I'm Alec, VK2APC. John, 5DJ. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au 2023 social scene and in VK3 April 21 it's happening in Bendigo presents from the sky Hi I'm Graham VK3 GRK Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club invites you to our April meeting presents for from the sky daily Twice a day, the Bureau of Meteorology launch a radio sonde from the Melbourne airport, comprising of a balloon with an instrument package. Most of these measure temperature and humidity. Some measure air pressure. The occasional one measures ozone concentration as well. All carry a GPS receiver, a 400 MHz FSK 60 mW transmitter and a microprocessor. These sondas can be reprogrammed to transmit in the 432 MHz amateur band, and they can be used for APRS tracking or as beacons for fox hunting. 
most sondes drift eastward after launch, reaching an altitude of 20-plus kilometres and travelling up to 250 kilometres. Several times a year, they head towards Bendigo. It's fun to try to recover them, a bit like a fox hunt with a valuable prize to take home. Barrack member Phil, VK3BHR, will provide an interesting presentation on the subject with a demonstration of the receiving and antenna equipment used to track these devices. So it's up, up and away at 7.30pm Friday, April 21st at Barrack Headquarters, Bendigo East Hall, 35 Lancel Street. A gold coin donation would be appreciated and a light supper will be provided. The presentation will be live streamed and available for later viewing on the Barrick YouTube channel. Also in VK3, Moorabbin Hamfest May 6, WIA AGM May 13 in Canberra, the Oxley Region's annual field day at Warhope in VK2 on the King's Birthday weekend, Sir Convention and Fox Hunting Championships June 11, Sunfest happens September 9 at Mountain Creek State School in VK4, and Alara Meet. November 4-5 in Hobart. This is Linda, VK7QP, with news of Alara Meet 2023. Registrations are now open. Alara Meet 2023 is being held in Hobart from the 3rd to the 6th of November. Registration forms are included in the Alara newsletter for April and are also available on the Alara website, alara.org.au. Details of the program are on the website. It should be a great weekend. There's also information about some things you can do before the weekend and bring with you to make it exceptional. Any queries about Alarmeet 2023, please email me at luther8 at bigpond.com. Looking forward to welcoming you to Hobart. This is Linda, VK7QP. On behalf of the Alara Meets 2023 planning group. And finally on the social scene in VK5, Amateur Radio Experimenters Group Radio and Electronic Sale happens November 26. And will happen again right here, same spot on the dial next week. Until then, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. This has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.